0: this is a download from bfm 89.9 the business station
1: he, to be honest the gaffer knows how to celebrate he does know how to celebrate um and his, his dance moves are pretty good as well actually <laughs> he's got a little bit in the locker to be to be honest um but the manager is is so good obviously when you win he's he's he's, he's um he's on the dance floor and he's partying but to be honest you see him when you when we lose you know there's been there's been moments in big games or, Big finals that we've lost, and um, and he's and the way he handles that is is incredible, really. And I learned a lot from from him from that, you know, after big games and um, and losing finals, how he reacted was so different to what everybody else would think. So um, yeah, I just always felt that he had that belief in this in this team to that after each final that we maybe didn't win, he knew that we'd come back stronger. Or even when we have won, he knows that we'll keep going and we'll, we'll keep getting better. Um, and that belief transcends to the players, you know, and you can see that when we both perform, how close we are as a, as a team, but obviously to the manager as well. And we just want to go and perform for him, for the, for the football club in the city. And, um, and like I said, this is why it feels so good to be able to, to give something back to everyone. Um, especially the Premier League title that everybody's
2: wanted for so long. On the Ball kicks off now on BFM 89.9.
1: That
3: was Jordan Henderson, Liverpool captain, on Liverpool boss Jurgen Klopp. Did you see Jurgen's moves at the weekend? Yeah, the German can dance. It's me, Ross, on the ball with my very special guests, Bob Holmes. Hello, Bob.
4: Hi, everybody. Good to be back.
3: Yeah, Bob's overjoyed. His Nottingham Forest won at the weekend. Cam Roslan is also here. Hey, Ross. Hi. Hi. Cam's happy because everybody won this weekend. And <laughs> what about
4: what about Tottenham Rovers? Sorry,
0: <laughs> I, I, you know, I was watching. I, like, where were they? I don't know. <laughs>
4: Arvin great, great piece,
3: that. Arvin Sidhu is also here. He's wearing his Leeds United top and he's had a haircut. Hello, Arvin.
5: Hello, everyone. Let's march on and talk football.
3: Indeed. You can tweet us at BFM Radio. You can follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook as well. Um, We've set up a YouTube channel. Please subscribe to TFIF on video. We have fresh new videos coming out weekly. Right, let's start with the uh, FA Cup quarterfinals, which happened over the weekend. The early game... Featured Norwich City against Manchester United. It was a much changed Man United, Bob, and uh, it nearly went to extra time. I-, I tell you, if it did go to extra time and penalties, well if it did go to penalties, Tim Cruel would have been favourite in that for
4: surely, right? Absolutely, absolutely. You could put your house on him. Uh, cruel indeed for Norwich. Um, I mean, down to ten men only for a couple of minutes. But the I'm red sorry, card was sorry.
3: justified. It was a silly pull by closer.
4: It was. It was. Um, no excuse for that. But uh, United got away with the one there. I don't think there's uh, any mistaking that. Um, I mean, they were the better side, uh, had more possession and, and all that. But they never really uh, impressed, did they? And I think um, this optimism, which you've been having from the linking up of Pogba and Bruno Fernandes, um, I think it's it's there, It's uh, it's justifiable, but you still need to sign probably three more top players for any serious challenge for the title to be made, or even top four to be made. Well, top four, they're challenging now, but it wasn't very impressive from a squad point of view. I mean, the likes of Lingard in particular, I don't know you know, what he's doing there, really. Um, He seems to have lost his way. And I think there's one or two that could end up like cleverly playing uh, for a lesser team, forgotten uh, guys who once played for England. I mean, um, Jesse Lingard was a World Cup player. He seems to have gone right off the boil. So it was a bit of a reminder, I think, for United that – They've got one or two outstanding talents, but they're nowhere near a strong side yet.
3: Arvin, Norwich can now focus on their, well, slightly difficult task of surviving the Premier League. I mean, uh, uh, Daniel Farker actually put a lot into this. He rested his star players for this FA Cup tie, and they nearly took it to penalties, right?
5: nearly did. And like you said, I think the, the, the focus is definitely for him to try and get himself out of the relegation spots. Are they going to do it? I personally don't think they are because defensively, they are all over the place. Again, there, there are a few bright sparks in this Norwich, Norwich squad. Todd Cantwell, again, he was great and, and yeah. such a super goal he scored. You could see him being a player that eventually when they get relegated, which in my view will happen, you could see him fitting in a couple of the Premier League squads. Uh, he gave a ra- ran out to Emilia Bundia. Bundia was a star in the championship, but he somehow just hasn't been able to do it in the Premier League, and it showed against class opposition like United. Um, but yeah, I was just also really hoping for this to get to penalties because Tim Krul—that's that's what he lives for, right? And if he got to penalties, I think United would have been would have been getting a little bit worried on that that aspect because they weren't great. I mean, the first half was really hard to get through. I watched this game, and the first half was was not great at all. No, it was um, I I thought Bruno Fernandes had his worst game in the United shirt, and that says something. Um, Obviously, on the bench, you look, I mean, Marshall, they play Rashford, you've got Pogba and all that, yeah. But another concern for me in United is that Harry Maguire at the back, again, he could have closed Cantwell down much quicker. He made that mistake in, in Spurs with Bergwijn, and he's made it again. Because as big and as commanding as he is, his turn of pace leaves a lot to be desired, because players can turn him around. So like what Bob said, United are still short of a few really good players to make them challenging at the very top.
3: And I know Cam Ruslan was wearing his Norwich City top because his mum used to live in Norfolk or still does, Cam?
0: Uh, no, she's in Suffolk. So, oh, all uh, right. right. So close right. enough, close enough. Boo, Norwich. Tractor boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I must say, I think that it's necessary to put a caveat on all of this. This is uh, uncharted territory. Throughout all the matches, uh is this it's not it's not the beginning of a season it feels like pre-season friendly kind yeah. of uh energy that's going on here it's the teams that can can kickstart themselves and get back to the real pace the fastest possible because there was a lot of slackness going on in this particular match but I, I think Norwich had there were moments there where you're thinking, hey, this team could actually probably survive. And then there were, not, there were more, more longer moments where it's like, they're, they're doomed. Yeah, but yeah more, more than calling, any other...
3: Calling. Sorry. Sorry, so I was going to
0: ask. I was going to ask also, with uh, Bob's uh, contention that it's just three players, I feel like Manchester United fans have been saying three players for a very long time. No, and no. They're,
3: they're, they're pretty much, I think, two or three away from a challenge for the title?
4: Well, they got <laughs> one, they got one, didn't they? Yeah. Bruno Fernandes. Yeah. I think he's, he's been a, a fantastic signing. I think he's one of the, uh, one of the big signings of recent years. Uh, the galvanizing effect he has had on the, on the team, on the whole fan base, in fact. Um, so you've got to give some credit for that. But they need somebody like that at the back. Maguire's not quite it. I think he's, um, I mean, it was, wasn't his fault. He, he, they had to pay 80 million for him. But he's nowhere near an 80 million uh, pound player. He's barely half that, I think. He's a decent player, but he's not quite good enough, really, for the role that they expect of him.
0: Well, I, I, I question that the Maguire, you know, let's, let's kill Maguire now uh, conversation that's been going on. I think there was a lot of redemption for him in this particular match. Uh, He was very good up front, actually. (laughs) Um, And uh, again, I think that there's uh, perhaps a slowness to get back to speed and perhaps revisit the Maguire story four matches on.
3: All right. Arsenal uh, are through to the semis. Sheffield United won Arsenal two. It's been an underwhelming season for Mikel Arteta and Arsenal, but maybe a, a cup run, Arvin. Uh, can can lighten the mood?
5: Yeah, the FA Cup is is their has been their comfort for the last few seasons, kind of masking over the deficiencies that's happened in the league and in the Champions League to a certain extent when they were in it. Um, they, I've read a record that this is their 30th FA Cup semi-final, so it shows how seriously they take this competition. Yeah, they're, they're record
3: winners, um, aren't they? With 13, they
5: are, they are, yeah. But they were a bit fortunate to really to beat Sheffield United. I thought um, it kind of sums up Arsenal season really. That the, the yeah. defending was it was travesty. The defending, Rob Holding misses a hitter. You've got Kolasinac panicking. He he hits a clearance. It goes right straight in Mustafi, and Sheffield United score. It kind of kind of sums up. Um, Arsenal as as a unit as a defensive unit how how they operate um, again I thought Billy Sharp was unfortunate not to score before Zabala got the winner but really with with Arteta really he's got a, a nucleus of Arsenal youngsters that he needs to figure out. How is he going to build this for the future? The likes of Bukari Saka, Nikita, Joe Willock, Kieran Tierney, which I thought had his best game in the Arsenal shirt. It's really those aspects that he needs to figure out. And then, of course, what do you do with the Aubameyang situation? How do you sort things out defensively? So a lot of work needs to be done. Mm. But they've got a nucleus for a future, I believe, which hopefully will help them in the next couple of years.
3: All right. Uh, Bob, that Denis Sabayos winner, do you you fault... Henderson at all. It, it, <laughs> he kind of came out very far, didn't he?
4: Yeah, I knew you were going to ask me that. Um, <laughs> it seems as if I'm picking on uh, Henderson. But everybody's picking on De Gea. So I think we can pick on Henderson and in he, defense he, of, of De Gea. um scored. I mean,
3: scored. Yeah.
4: Um, I mean, he's a young keeper. He, he's been making one or two mistakes uh, lately. I think since he's been talked up as... The um, the successor to David De Gea. um perhaps it's affecting him. I don't think he's quite there yet, and um, I think this. I think he was a little bit at fault for this. Um, I didn't see the the shot from the angle from behind um, the keeper, but it looked as if it might have gone through his legs. Yep. Um, and to come out like that, uh, and then be you know nutmegged as it were, um, you know, was basic fundamental goalkeeping mistake wasn't it um so not not proved himself I don't think United will be rushing him uh back to um Old Trafford I think they can let him stay at Shefford United for another season um on that one definitely
3: all right uh Leicester nil, Chelsea 1 Ross Barkley came off the bench. Uh, to send Chelsea to Wembley. Frank Lampard at Chelsea, Cam, uh, going great guns. He rested players for this one. Uh, the halftime changes he made uh, made a difference. And and you've got to say, Chelsea looking good on the up.
0: They have. Haven't they looked good on the up throughout this season? So far, there have been moments, where, flashes, where they've been, I think, one of the best-looking teams out there. I... Um, I think it's, it's fascinating that the, the the final four teams for the FA Cup are the four teams that really want the FA Cup more more than anyone else. And uh, Ross Barkley, I thought, a, a nicely taken goal. But there was one moment when Ross Barkley was, there was four against two, the attack, four against two. Ross Barkley completely fluffed his line. Yeah. Um, Chose the wrong
3: option, I, didn't he?
0: And then this was like Ross, Bar- Ross Barkley in a nutshell. It's like, is he, is he this great player that everyone's always been, some people have been talking about, or is he just a, a dud, as a lot of people have been saying?
3: I, I don't know. I, I think there is something in Ross Barkley. He comes up with the goods every now and again. Um, w- w- what, what do you think, uh, Arvin? Um, are, are Chelsea um, favourites? Would you put them uh, one of the possible winners of the FA Cup?
5: They, potentially yes, uh, but Lampard as as a manager, and I followed him very closely since his time with Derby. He 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 creates a lot of chances, but the conversion rate isn't great for Chelsea, and it has it wasn't good with Derby either. Um, I thought they were poor in the first half, but that. Brought down a lot to the aspect that they had a quite an inexperienced lineup. Billy Gilmore, unfortunately, was really found out on this game. Yeah. Reese James, Mason Mount wasn't great either. But the good thing about Lampard is that he turned it around. He figured out that okay, we are away at Leicester. This is it's a tough team. What I'm going to do is I'm going to bring some experience on. He brings us Billy Quetta. He brings Kovacic, and then he brings Ross Barkley in. So. To, to that extent, Lampard as a manager is very enterprising. He plays the game the right way, but he has shown the nuance to be able to turn things around when it's not working. So I would put them up there that they have a good chance to, to actually potentially go all the way, uh, but it really depends on the personnel that he puts out on the day as well. All right.
3: Final FA Cup quarterfinal, Newcastle United nil and Man City 2. Um, Sterling and De Bruyne penalty. I want to start with you, Bob, and Newcastle first. I mean, result aside, this is the furthest Newcastle have been in the FA Cup under the ownership of Mike Ashley. Steve Bruce, (laughs) if anything, has boosted his CV this season.
4: Yes, he certainly has. Um, I hope he's done enough to uh, earn a, a stay of execution, uh, expected execution, that is, from the new owners, if they eventually take over. Um, I think he's done a very good job uh, with limited resources. And uh, the, the guy that um, caught the eye uh, for me was Andy Carroll. <laughs> um, I I actually forgot that he was still there, you know. I mean, we talk about forgotten men, forgotten players. He's only 31, I was surprised to find out. And he didn't do that badly, to be fair. I mean, he he stood there on the halfway line at one point with his hands on his hips, watching uh, City control the game. And at one point, they had 85% possession. Mm. It ended up being 76 um, which is still an awful lot for an away team, um, but um, Newcastle totally outclassed. Yet, had it not been for one of the misses of this pre-season or <laughs> finale of season, whatever you want to call it, by Dwight Gale, um, they could have got something out of this. Yeah. That, uh, if they been if they'd equalised at that stage of the game, they might have got a bit of momentum. It was a glaring miss. Is was one of Newcastle's very few attacks, came right across. It was easier to score from, what, five yards. He put it over the bar. Um, catastrophic miss. And, of course, City being City, go down the other end within a couple of minutes. And a magnificent ball by Laporte. Magnificent piece of control by Phil Foden. Pass to Sterling and magnificent finish by Sterling. And First that was goal the from
3: outside the box yeah. for two years from Raheem. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. Um, but a, a wonderful goal. And that was it. Um, but uh, big, uh, big difference in class. City uh, still on for three trophies. Yeah. Um, they won the the Carabao Cup. Don't, well, we have forgotten that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're still in the Champions League. They're a goal up against Real Madrid. And, um, They've still got that to finish off. Uh, they're looking good. And I think they'll get second place in the league.
3: All right. <laughs> City have now won their last 10 FA Cup matches by an aggregate score of 37-4. to 4. Uh, Man United will face Chelsea. Arsenal will play Holders Man City in the semifinals. They're all uh, to be played at Wembley on the weekend of 18th and 19th July. The final is scheduled for Saturday, 1st of August at Wembley as well. First break, when we come back, uh, uh, European rap next.
0: And once more, footballers of all racial backgrounds take a knee to express a united opinion that Black Lives Matter.
2: On the Ball on BFM 89.9 That's
1: it, it's all over this is a big win
2: On the Ball on BFM 89.9
3: Hey, thanks for sticking with us uh, on the ball on a Monday evening with Cam Raslan, Bob Holmes, and Arvin Sidhu. We're taking a look at the Bundesliga, which wrapped up at the weekend. Uh, Bayern Munich, perennial champions. They they were very good. 4-0 win uh, they had, beating Wolfsburg. Uh, I'm going to come to you, Arvin. And the shock of the Bundesliga final weekend was surely... Um, Kamaric scoring all four goals as Hoffenheim beat Dortmund 4-0 at Dortmund.
5: Crazy. Kamaric, um, the only player this season in the Bundesliga to score four goals. The only player ever to score four goals at at Borussia Dortmund. Uh, But yeah, Dortmund, uh, it's been been quite quite an embarrassing end to the season, really. They've lost three out of their last four home games. There was a lot of excitement when Haaland came in January, but it's just been... A no since they lost to Bayern, that one-nil loss to the yeah. to Bayern. Um, in this game, um, surprisingly, Lucien Fav left Achraf Hakimi and Jaden Sancho on the bench. Now you wonder if the final game of the season, obviously second place is is, is consolidated, but you would think that you would want to win your last home game of the season. He's left two players who've. There's been a lot of rumors that they're both going to different clubs. Hakimi with Inter Milan, yeah. Jadon Sancho potentially to the Premier League with Man United. Um, but yeah, Dortmund, it's been a very disappointing end to the season. And really, there's been a lot of talk in, in Germany. Lucian Favre, as good of a manager he is, he's always been struggling to really win the big points and really win when it matters. So um, they really have to set things right and see how they want to take on the next season because I, I honestly, with, with Bayern potentially, maybe bringing Leroy Sané, maybe even Kai Havertz, if they get him, they, no one looks like they're going to catch Bayern again next season. So a lot of thinking and a lot of work for Dortmund to do.
3: Uh, Leipzig r- 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 wrap up third spot in the Bundesliga. They won 2-1 away at Augsburg and it was Chelsea-bound Timo Werner with a brace to, to make him a record goal scorer for Leipzig, 95 goals in 159 games for RB Leipzig. Bob Holmes, he's the real deal, and Chelsea have done good early business with him.
4: Yes, they have. Um, I mean, that is impressive stuff. He's 24 years old, uh, already a, a German international, and he looks as if he's coming into his best years. And at that price, he does constitute a bargain in in old money I mean we don't know whether the, the all the price is going to go down now but um it does sound like a very good deal and it makes me wonder whether Liverpool did the right thing in actually pulling out of it because they made the running they had first option on him and they more or less agreed a deal he was quite keen to come and play for Klopp uh, fellow countrymen and all that um and then suddenly uh Liverpool got cold feet which is a, a little bit surprising, but they—we will see what happens. I mean, it's not that Werner was a, suddenly became a bad player or anything. I think it was just the financial situation that caused them to pull out. But he's—he's he's going to be a very exciting arrival. And earlier in the discussion, we said that Lampard had uh, not. Uh, actually managed a club that had scored a lot of goals. At Derby, mm. he didn't. And uh, Chelsea doesn't have an out-and-out striker. Well, Werner's not an out-and-out centre-forward either. Um, because of his versatility, he can literally play in any front position, which makes him doubly useful. But he is a prolific goal scorer. Yep. So Chelsea, I think they've got a good deal there. I, th- I really do. And uh, they've got Pulisic as well coming back. And he knows where the, the net is, too. He popped one in the other night. And um, I think they're looking very good, Chelsea. Um, and Werner could, could be um, one of the key men, actually. I'm, I'm just a bit concerned that Liverpool might have made a mistake there.
3: All right. Werner Bremen uh, salvaged the uh, relegation lifeline. They, they uh, thrashed. Um, Cologne, 6-1. So they ousted Dusseldorf into 16th place. They now are in the relegation playoff against Heidenheim. Come on, you Heidenheim. Cam, your favorite team, right? Well,
0: uh, no, no. You know know that's not true. No, uh, you're all missing out the one big story, which is that uh, uh, FC Union of uh, Berlin and Hertha Berlin are in neck and neck in mid-table mediocrity. And, 11th and 10th, yeah, respectively. And probably entirely safe. And I just want to also point out that, like Bob was uh, surprised to discover that Andy Carroll still existed, it's, it's only because of COVID-19 that football fans such as myself have suddenly realised that Bundesliga exists. So um, you know, <laughs> credit to all of you for, for knowing names and, and things.
3: All right, over to Spain, uh, where in La Liga this weekend, uh, Arvin, Celta 2, Barca 2, the scourge of Barcelona has to be Iago Aspas, he loves scoring against them, so it meant that Barca slipped up because Real beat bottom side Espanyol 1-0 thanks to Casemiro's goal, um, they're in front, Real, your other favourite team.
5: Intriguing. The La Liga is so intriguing this season. But Barcelona have got a lot of problems really. Uh, the goal that, that Celta scored, you could fault three players for that. Gerard Piquet didn't need to go in for the tackle. Mark Andres de Second, who's potentially their best player besides Messi this season, didn't arrange his wall. And the one player that has probably been the biggest disappointment in Barcelona for the last three to four for the last year and a half has been antoine griezmann antoine griezmann does not fit that squad he he literally turned his back when Iago Aspas was taking the free kick, it was like he wasn't even committed to blocking the shot. Mm. If you look at Griezmann, he's got a good number of goals, he's got a good number of assists, but this was a buy that Barcelona didn't need to make because he plays in sort of that same role that Messi does in Barcelona. And he's been at fault for a few things right now. There's even been talk that he's going to be fledged off at the end of the season as they look at getting in other players in. So really... The advantage is to, to Real by two points. They obviously have the better head-to-head record. That's how the Spanish um, La Liga is decided. But it's still very, very close, Ross. There's still quite a few tricky games to come for both the teams.
3: Yep, six rounds to go in La Liga. Let's wrap up our, our European look with uh, Serie A, where Juve continue to win 4-0 against Lecce, Paulo Diabala, Gonzalo Higuain, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Matthias De Ligt with the goals. My favourite team in, uh, in Serie A this season is Simone Inzaghi's Lazio, Bob. Uh, and of course, when I say Lazio, memories of, of Gascoigne in that sky blue shirt in the Olympico Stadium comes flushing back. But they're good fun to watch, uh, Lazio. They're still in, technically, with a chance of, of winning the title. They've got 10 games to go in Italy.
4: Yeah, uh, they're only four points behind Juve. Yeah. And uh, Juve have, uh, although they're, they're doing okay now, they have shown uh, a certain fallibility this season. They've lost three games. Um, they don't walk away with it quite as easily as Bayern do in, uh, in the Bundesliga. Um, and Ronaldo's not been as prolific. So, you know, they're not the sort of quite the all conquering. Team that they were last season, I would say, um, or unlikely though, unlikely. I mean, four points is is quite a bit to um, to make up. And uh, Inter, they're in third place, and Atalanta, they're my favourite team this season yeah, in yeah, in Italy true. for their exploits in the Champions League, um, and the fact that they come from the the region of Italy that was hardest hit by the pandemic. I think. Adds a little something to the story, doesn't it? It's a great romantic story, and the fact that they the fans have to travel about 50 miles to go and watch them play in the San Siro and and all that. Um, I mean, they're on they're on course for a um a Champions League place, yep. Um, aren't they? Uh, they top four is guaranteed now, and they have three points, uh, what well, nine points, nine ahead, points clear, yeah. nine points ahead of Roma, so they're made, that's that's a guarantee. Uh, so that, that's my favourite team in Italy. No question can, about it. Cam, have you got a favourite Italian side? Uh,
0: I, I guess, uh, historically, for, for personal reasons, Juve. Mm. Um, but I, I, mean, I, I still love the old AC Milan of uh, the Dutch AC Milan uh, from uh, back in the day.
3: They're just an old great name these days. The Milan side, I'm seventh. They're so far off the pace. Oh, it's just it's amazing. It's amazing. I know. Yeah, but right Ross,
5: sorry. Quick quick one, Ross. 21st July, that's going to be the big one because that's the day that Lazio go to Turin to play Juventus. And you would think that four points, even though it's quite big for Juventus, yeah. that game will potentially be the season-defining game of deciding where, where the Serie A title is going.
3: Brilliant stuff, right, uh, a little break. then when we come back we'll we'll start looking at the EPl match week thirty two
2: next
0: has come up with uh, something beyond the ordinary. That is a brilliantly elastic save.
2: This is on the ball on bfm eighty nine point nine. This is on the ball on bfm eighty nine point nine.
3: And we are back, back with Bob Holmes, Cam Raslan, and Arvin Sidhu. You can tweet us at BFM Radio. You can follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook as well. And did you know we've set up a YouTube channel? Please subscribe to TFIF on video. Got a new video coming out next week. Uh, right, let's preview match week 32 Uh, In the EPL, it happens all the way through to Friday morning. Uh, Two games already played in Match Week 32. We saw Aston Villa nil, uh, Wolves one. Nuno Espirito Santo's side, Cam Raslan are now fifth in the Premier League. They're ahead of Man United. They're only two points behind Chelsea. Um, A lot was said about them having too many games at the start, too small a squad, but they're looking good now.
0: I thought that their goal was for me was the the goal of the week weekend. Uh, It was a beautifully uh, put together team goal sweeping forward across the whole, the whole pitch. And perhaps it was helped by the fact that Villa's performance was probably the most abject um, also of the weekend. It was that they're they're doomed. They're really (laughs) playing like that. They're in desperate trouble, but uh, Wolves showing that, that, that spark which, um, which has been enli- enli- enlivening throughout this season.
3: Yeah, Bob, Aston Villa are a big name. They've scored just two goals in their last six Premier League games. We saw, we've seen them since the break. They've, they've shown no urgency, no cohesion. I mean, if ever a team looks like they're destined for uh, Norwich. We saw more fight from Norwich than Aston Villa, right?
4: Yeah, yeah, a lot more. Um... Yes, I've been very disappointed in Villa. Um, I expected more from uh, Grealish and McGinn. Uh, McGinn came back to fitness, but I don't think he's match fit, and he didn't he didn't start this game. Um, Grealish has played in all the games; uh, he's he's their star player, but he's not lived up to expectations. Um, I don't know if there's too much pressure on him. He's thinking about leaving. He's, he's supposed to be on his way to United. But he's their only hope, and he's not a, a goal scorer. I mean, he's a creator, and he's not having the, the influence that he had before the lockdown. Uh, he was the only reason that they had a, even a glimmer of a chance of, of staying up. McGinn has hardly featured at all, hardly made any impact, and there's nobody else. Um, they've been racked by injuries, and uh, the defense is in, well, it's all over the place. Um, They've got uh, a second-string goalkeeper um, who was quite a hero in the League Cup campaign. But uh, he's not um, Tom Heaton, is he? Uh, He was their first choice. He was out for Mm. the rest of the season. Um, So it does look pretty bleak for Aston Villa, unfortunately. And uh, they can't really have any complaints. There's not a lot of fight there. As you say, Norwich showed a heck of a lot more, yeah. even in an FA Cup game. Um, so, yeah, I think the Premiership is going to lose one of its uh, bigger names. But then they only just came back up, didn't they, after, after a terrible time languishing at the bottom and then finally going down. Um, but sad all the same. Um, and it'll be interesting to see whether Dean Smith can actually survive this if, he, if they do go down.
3: Yeah, that, that's actually a big shout. Um, Arvin, Leander Dandonka scored the goal. It was a beauty. He's very underrated in his Wolves side, but Adama Traore is, every, is, is the guy everyone's talking about at Wolves. You can see his sheer presence uh, made Aston Villa worry.
5: Yeah, um, very interesting, the approach that Nuno Espirito has taken with Adama Torre. You see Adama Torre coming a lot off the bench. And when he comes off the bench, you see a beast of a player like that looking so strong and so fast and so skillful. He clearly, he clearly injected the impetus that the team needed to get that goal. And like what Cam said, it was a beautifully worked team goal. Dedancas scored it. A um, the, the few other players were involved in it. But another thing about Wolves that I think needs to be brought up, we talk a lot about Jimenez. We talk a lot about Troore, We talk about all these attacking players. But defensively, they are so complete and so cohesive. Since Willy Bolly got back, I think they've kept seven clean sheets out of eight. so um, Bolli is
3: literally the size of two shacks.
5: Exactly. You see Connor Cody constantly shouting in the defense, making sure everyone's in line. Romain says looks like a beast. He looks like someone who could be in a Roman Empire fighting. They've got a really strong back line and it's so cohesive with Rui Patricio as in goal. So I think as we talk a lot about Wolves, how they are going forward and they score, defensively, they are almost pretty much impossible to break down at times. So really good credit to how the season has progressed for them.
0: Can, can I just quickly take issue with something that uh, Bob was saying there about Jack Grealish? Because I'm, I'm a huge fan of Jack Grealish. And I think that one of the, the problems is I think he's too good for Villa. So I don't think that he's, he's underperforming. I think he's playing at a different speed from everyone else. I think that if you put a Messi, just plopped him into Villa, it would make no difference. And you would be saying, oh, what's all this talk about, this hype about Messi? He's rubbish. Um, is, that's a big shout.
5: <laughs> no, there's, too much that, there's too much that they expect out of Grealish, yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, and yeah. You can't. Grealish
3: is, can't. is, is so no good picking up through. the ball off your goalkeeper or your back four, which is where he is at Aston Villa. Exactly. And he is
0: the most fouled player in the Premier League, I yeah. do believe.
3: Okay. Um, Villa look doom, uh, whilst Wolves look Champions League bound. Um, we, we've got to give a big shout to <laughs> Ralph hassan and Southampton. They have been impressive since the break, none more so than Danny Ings, Bob Holmes. Uh, A brace for Danny. He proudly, I didn't captain him in my fantasy football team, but he is my number nine and and they were good. They were well worth three points against Watford.
4: Yeah, they certainly were. Um, Danny Ings, uh, what a story. Um, I mean, Liverpool would be wondering if they did the right thing in (laughs) letting him go now. Uh, Of course, he he spent most of his time uh, injured there, didn't he? A couple of seasons. Um, But the fans loved him, uh, even there, because uh, whenever they did see him, he always gave 100%, and he popped in the odd goal. But um, 21 now, uh, I think he's leading the race for the Golden Boot. So this is really quite something for him, and it it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. I mean, he he is one of the most well-liked players in the game, actually. And it was the reason Liverpool fans really loved him when he was there. Uh, He's that kind of guy. And he deserves this after the agony he went through with injuries. So great to see him uh, uh, flourishing under Hasenhutl. And great for Hasenhutl. I mean, to survive the 9-0 pasting from Leicester.
3: Absolutely.
4: Not so so long ago, um, in the autumn, wasn't it, last year. Good of Southampton not to sack him, and um, they've done all right since then. Uh, I mean, you know, they'd be looking at a Europa League place had they not started so badly. So they've really improved, and they play nice football. And uh, well, it's a it's a good story there. Uh, not so good for Watford, no, because uh, that that early spark that Nigel Pearson managed to engender. Seems to have worn off a little bit, and they are losing games, winnable games. I had them to, to beat Burnley uh, the other week, and uh, they they missed an opportunity because they hadn't got such a difficult uh, run in. You know, they're playing teams like Burnley and Southampton, mid mid-table or lower mid-table teams. These are opportunities, but no, um, they're not taking them. So uh, they, I think, it's between them and. And Bournemouth, really, uh, for the third relegation place, if, we, if we're saying that Villa are going down and, and Norwich are doomed.
3: OK, we, we, we've got to mention, Arvin, James Ward-Prowse. He's taken the captain's armband at Southampton. He's got the nicest goal in the game. It was beckham mess that free kick. Uh, he's really underrated. He should be England material.
5: Yes uh and he's been someone that if you look at the Southampton setup and you've got Nathan Redmond you've got Ryan Bertrand trying to provide you the width there's very little that they have uh, in the middle, they've got a lot of fighters and a lot of battlers. But James Ward-Prowse, you see him—he's on top of everything. He's on all their set pieces. He's all on their free kicks. He's—he's he's sort of like the more talented version of a Mark Noble, I would say, in that same squad. So he—he—he he, he deserves a lot of plaudits. He's—he's—he's he's, he's clearly a boy for the club. And but yeah, what a, what a great call of the week! And it's nice to see these kind of players, and hopefully he's able to take himself higher up the up top his career. I wouldn't even be surprised if there's a bigger team that comes comes in for him because he could be useful for quite a few teams up there
0: Can. he hasn't scored a goal for like uh, yeah but but some, play- some players like that you don't need them you need them to
5: create you need them to set the yeah. tempo for how things are and that's what James Ward-Prowse does he's never been a prolific
0: prolific midfield
5: play in any case well
0: if he's taking your set pieces you, and you mentioned david beckham you would expect quite a few uh, to go in well he, he takes
3: yeah. all the corners and he gets a, a fair fair bit fair assists uh, At his rate. Yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah
0: yeah
3: he does yeah
0: but his his goals
4: uh, output is not very good no uh, yeah i think that's what's holding him back yeah yeah, yeah.
5: But another bit on Watford, I think there's, there's there's genuinely a lot of concerns about Watford right now. I think there was a story that the day before that Andre Gray had actually had a lockdown birthday party with 20 of his friends. Yeah, That wouldn't have, that wouldn't have made Nigel Pearson happy. It wouldn't have made Troy Deeney happy. You've heard how Troy Deeney has been such an advocate about how to behave during this pandemic. So there's really concerning times. And I've looked at their fixtures. They've got actually trips to Chelsea. They've got games at Man City. They've got games at Arsenal they don't score enough goals. So Watford are are, are alarmingly moving towards that door. So we've got to keep a lookout for this one.
3: I think the only thing that can save Watford is the fact that Villa and Bournemouth will keep losing from now to the end of the season. Right. Well said. (laughs) Final break. Uh, We're going to preview the rest of Match Week 32 for you then, next.
5: We wondered if you'd make a difference. Ends up doesn't
0: he
2: Stay on the ball On BFM
0: 89.9 Lovely football Speed of that uh, Passage of play
2: Stay on the ball On BFM 89.9 Hey thanks for
3: sticking With us cameras, Rousland Bob Holmes And Arvin Sidhu Joining me to preview Match Week 32. Two matches played already. Uh, We we heard Wolves beat Villa and, of course, Southampton with 3-1 winners at Watford. Uh, Tonight, uh, or rather 3 a.m. tomorrow... Uh, you've got Palace, Crystal Palace, entertaining Burnley. Both teams are safe, so that one's a nil-nil. We'll move on <laughs> and talk about <laughs> Brighton against Man United, Cam Raslan. It's a Wednesday, 3.15am kickoff. Now, there's a lot of talk about Man United pushed uh, the full 120 minutes in the FA Cup. So people like uh, Fernandez and, and Harry Maguire are going to be a little bit knackered and Brighton, Brighton, well, they've been good since the the resumption.
0: the uh, The little bit knackered thing is going to be a theme till the end of this season. Uh, the teams that can keep their energy and their fitness up are, are going to be the winners. But uh, I don't know, Ross. I mean, how are you going to like cope? How you dab your little eyes as tears come down when uh, Brighton beat Manchester United? Because I, I, I am not. I'm thinking this this Manchester United is a little bit patchwork. It's not exactly the first team. There are players in there who shouldn't be there, but there's no, there's no choice. Um, it, it's, not a, it's not as cohesive as, as it should be. I mean, I, I think Brighton will be rolled over, but I don't see any certain victories for Man United coming to the end.
3: All right. That's uh, 3.15 a.m. kickoff on Wednesday. Bournemouth against Newcastle. Uh, Bob Holmes... Uh, it's a chance for Steve Bruce to solidify Newcastle's position in the top half. I said top half of the Premier League. And and yeah, exactly. Newcastle, top half. Who said that in the last 10
4: years? Uh, well, they're not actually there right now, are they? Um, they could get there. But um, this is a, a pretty uh, tasty looking fixture for Bournemouth, I think. Uh, Newcastle, uh, we'll use the word knackered again. They could well be knackered after their exploits last night. Um, they're going to travel all the way down to Bournemouth, which is one end of the country to the other. And Bournemouth uh, have been rested over the weekend. And um, they are seeing a glimmer of hope because Aston Villa and Watford are playing so badly. So I think this Bournemouth will see this as their best chance for three points in the remaining games, actually. Home game to a team that's just played a a tough FA Cup tie 48 hours earlier. Um, Barely 48 hours, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, I would go for Bournemouth here. And if they get three points, it, um, it puts them up with a fighting chance. And one club we haven't mentioned so far is, is of course, West Ham. They they could actually slip down there. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, could, we're coming to West Ham. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bournemouth could overtake West Ham uh, in the table. West Ham and Watford. I'm looking at the table right now as I speak to you, and I could see them leaping up two or three places if they win tonight, uh, tomorrow night. So all to play for there. Bournemouth, That's Newcastle, point,
0: so, then. 1am so, well, one,
3: one, one, kickoff. Sorry, Cam.
0: So um, one player who I think would really struggle with adhering to COVID-19 lockdown would be Andy Carroll. <laughs> you have, have to chain him in, I think.
3: that's a terrible picture you just painted it (laughs) up Arsenal against Norwich Uh, it's a Thursday 1am kickoff Arvin Norwich will be without Tim Closer. Arsenal we know they've got injury problems um, but it's a must win now for Arteta's Gunners
5: it is. And if there's ever a game which Arteta wanted his players to come on blazing, get a couple of goals, build up more confidence, it is this game against Norwich at home. I mean, besides uh, Tim Close said they've also, I understand, missing Christopher Zimmerman, Sam Byram, Grant Hanley. And you would think that originally the Norwich defence is already bad. And then you throw out all their defenders, literally not going to be on the pitch. If there's ever a time for the likes of Arvo mayang Lacazette who started, I don't think so, Lacazette will be brought back into a league game, but Alba will be fit. He'll be there to try and get, to get a couple of goals. So if there's ever a game and ever an opportunity for Arteta to build confidence, get a couple of goals, uh, put a team a little bit in hiding, which has been a while since Arsenal has done that, is this home game against Norwich. So, but then again, it would be the total Arsenal thing to kind of mess it up as well. So <laughs> interesting propositions for this one
3: the Arsenal thing. It's, it's actually a football saying. <laughs> um, um, all right, Cam looking at um, Everton against Leicester, Don Carlo has been doing good work at Everton, but Leicester, Chelsea are not far off now, and, and Leicester, before the lockdown, were what? Champions League certainties. Now they're looking over the shoulder, they're thinking they, they can't really afford to lose at Goodison Park here against Everton.
0: Yeah, when they were playing uh, against Chelsea just now, I, I, I yeah, I felt very concerned because they were doing the Leicester thing and they were they, the, those patterns of play which they're very good at. But Vardy, for instance, was just misfiring. They were all not quite at the correct level, and they need to be. Uh, but getting back to that level that they had before would be very hard. But it's a kind of team where they have to be 100% in order to succeed at the game that they play. So uh, I, I would hope to, to do that. Everton, on the other hand, it's just not a team I, I even have a point of reference for whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Lin Chu's got a few choice words yeah. to say about I that. I think even she would be hard-pressed. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, all right, let's move on, Bob, to West Ham. You highlighted them before. They're in deep, deep, deep trouble. Uh, Of course, they were most uh, voiceful about getting the season null and voided. Uh, (laughs) We're now back playing. They they don't look like David Moyes can save them. And, And next up is a home tie against Chelsea Thursday morning
4: yeah yeah um i think uh of all the people that should go down uh after their uh comments in the or during the uh, lockdown the early days they were the leading uh and voiders weren't they or karen brady was anyway um i think most neutrals would probably wish that west ham went down and re- regarded as poetic justice um Old-timers like me always remember that West Ham won the World Cup in uh, 1966. <laughs> so I do have a soft spot for them. Um, but they're not looking good. Chelsea are looking very good. This is a London derby. No yeah. love lost. And these both teams are going to be up for this. This is now becoming the ding-dong battle uh, that the league were hoping for for the end of the season cracking relegation battle, cracking battle for the top four places, and here we've got uh, a real contest. And I think, all to in, all intents and purposes, Chelsea should win this. Uh, they mixed and matched in the FA Cup. They, they have rested a few players, and they're on a roll. And West Ham are on the opposite. They're on the slide, and David Moyes, for all the good things he did at Everton, he's not the most inspirational of managers, is he? Nope. He's not the kind of guy you would go through a brick wall for. It's You can see it in his team talks, and I don't think he's getting that response from West Ham. That's what he needs now. He needs those players to really go through a brick wall for him. And against Chelsea, a very high-class Chelsea team here, now scoring goals from all directions. Um, I can only see one winner in this and it could look very bleak for West Ham.
3: All right. West Ham, Chelsea, Thursday, 3.15 a.m. Kickoff. Arvin Spurs are away at Sheffield United. Uh, Tottenham are are chasing, uh, well, they're hoping to boost their European hopes. They ended a seven-match winless run with their 2-0 win over West Ham. Spurs... Uh, well, I've got to say they look favourites in this one because Sheffield United haven't looked good so far, have they?
5: No, they haven't. Pre-COVID, you would say that this would potentially be a place where, yeah, Spurs going to Bramall Lane, they're gonna they're gonna struggle because you know what to expect from Chris Wilder and his team. They're gonna come up with you. They're gonna bully you. They're gonna play enterprising football at the same time. Uh, but since um, I thought Spurs looked quite good against West Ham, to be honest. And credit where it's due, it's because quite a lot of their players have come back from injury. The break has been very, very kind to Spurs because Harry Kane has come back, Musa Sisoko has come back, uh, Son Heung-min has recovered as well. So, the, the, the attack on the quality on the day with Spurs and how Jose Mourinho has actually right now to a certain extent turned it around, not fully yet, but he's he's getting them in, in sort of some form of a right direction would put Spurs as a favorite for this. So yeah, it's still going to be a close game as, as I think they're only separated by a point on the table as well. But but I would expect Spurs to just kind of eat this one out a little bit and just get get the win at Bremer
2: Lane.
3: All right, that's a Friday 1 a.m. kickoff. The standout tie of Match Week 32, then, is Man City welcoming the English League champions, Liverpool, to the Etihad. Um, Cam Raslan, God of Honour from from Pep Guardiola's boys, and and rightly so.
0: And I'm sure they're looking forward to it. They're they're really trying to work out exactly (laughs) how they're going to do it and the smile on their faces and all that kind of thing. Who's going to clap first? yeah. But How can they complain? Liverpool have been absolutely magnificent. I think that Karen Brady's remarks about making the thing null and void, people really hated it because people wanted to see Liverpool win, actually, quite frankly. and uh, Otherwise, if this hadn't been the case, I think people wouldn't have cared so much. But uh, will Man City make a game of this? I am sure they will. Um, And uh, will Liverpool want to prove that they are the true winners that that they are on paper. I'm sure they will. It should be a great match. And I just want to say one of the things that people often forget actually is uh, Pep Guardiola's mother died uh, during this COVID-19 pandemic. So, you know, I don't know. Good luck to him.
3: Bob, the biggest question mark for, for City is how long will Pep Guardiola stay at City? His contract expires in 2021. There's still the, the ban, the European ban, that's to be decided in July sometime. A lot of things in the air there regarding the future of Man City.
4: Absolutely, a, a very uncertain period uh, for City. Um, I mean, it's partly their own fault, obviously the um, the court cases. <coughs> Excuse me, um, mm-hmm. and I think Pep's future will uh, also hinge on what happens there. Um, But they're still a very good side. It's amazing that Liverpool can be so far ahead of them. Uh, When you look at some of the football that they play, I mean, City bossed that game in Newcastle. Okay, not much opposition, but 85% possession. I mean, there was only one team playing, wasn't there, for much of the match. I mean, they've not lost their ability to pass the ball around. And even when they're missing Aguero, they can still find the net. They're still a great side, which makes Liverpool's achievement even greater. Um, But if the court case goes against them, it could actually trigger an implosion there uh, with quite a few players, uh, Kevin De Bruyne being the leading light, declaring quite openly that he's off. If they're banned for two years, he's leaving. And Pep I think could be influenced by this. If he sees anybody else jumping on that bandwagon and he's got to start rebuilding the team all over again, I think he could be off as well. So um, very, very crucial decision uh, coming up there.
3: Okay, your match week 32 matches then, uh, Palace Burnley, Brighton Man United, Bournemouth Newcastle, Arsenal Norwich. Everton-Leicester, West Ham-Chelsea, Sheffield United against Spurs, and of course, Man City versus Liverpool. Okay, that wraps up this show. We'll be back on air, of course, next Monday. For now, it's thank you, Cam Razlan.
0: Thank you, thank you.
3: Are you, you going to watch any of the midweek games, Cam?
0: Uh, I, I don't get up. Yeah, I've not given up. Uh, I've retired from uh, <laughs> midweek football. Uh, I save myself now for the, uh, the weekend.
4: Uh, thank you, Bob Holmes. Yeah, I'll I'll be watching the highlights too. I think.
3: All right, and have a great week, Arvin Sidhu.
5: I'll be watching Leeds versus Luton Town. Now that's a tie for you. Have a good week, oh, everyone.
3: Oh. Yes, indeed. Have a great, a great, safe week, everybody. Bye bye. Some people are on the pitch. They think it's all over.
2: Follow BFM Football on Facebook and catch on the ball on BFM eighty nine point nine.
3: Is-